What's good, everybody? It's your man, The Voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, bringing you a little MMA perspective. This is where we interview different people with ties to MMA to get their unique perspectives on this sport. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Josh Musel. He is a Bellator fanatic like myself, loves uh, that promotion, and we're going to talk some Bellator. What's going on, Josh? Yeah, man, how you doing? This is very exciting. I'm I'm always down to talk Bellator with anybody. <laughs> yes. Well, I know that depending on how things go today, you'll uh, may have a, a open invitation to talk Bellator uh, with your man, the voice. Because, again, like I said, I love, love, love Bellator. I've been watching them. That was the first card. The only time that I was unable to watch them is when they moved to MTV2 because I didn't know where they were. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't, yeah. find it, didn't find out about it until they were about ready to move over to Spike. And then uh, I was I was all back on it, and it came it came on a weird time, so it just made it a little difficult to watch. So outside of that, yeah, I've been with Bellator since days on ESPN Deportes, where <laughs> John Anik was getting his start with play by play commentary. Oh man, I remember Toby Amada hitting a crazy. Uh, spinning, wound up being a forearm, but tried to be a back fist. I can still see the guy uh, getting caught and kind of flying sideways. Somebody else caught somebody with a, a reverse triangle. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, those those are the, the good old days. That was poor. When 10 years ago, that was poor. was just a little pup. Okay. Anyway, enough of that. So how did you become a Bellator fan? Uh, I actually started as a big UFC fan. Um, I always enjoyed watching uh, most fights, but boxing didn't quite get it done for me. Um, and okay. I came across uh, the Ultimate Fighter, uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, or the Ultimate Fighter Championship, uh, the very first season, and I ended up watching that, and that got me hooked into UFC. And uh-huh. so I, you know, I remember staying up kind of late watching it on Spike when they still did it back on Spike. And then yeah. it kind of it got so big so quickly it went pay-per-view, and I was really disappointed in that. And um, sure enough, same as you, I kind of stumbled across, I believe, actually on MTV2, uh, <laughs> okay. and I was like, oh, wow, there's another promotion that I can actually watch without paying uh, a lot of money or trying to talk to my parents or trying to, you know, go someplace. You know, we live in a small town, so. I uh, don't have a lot of places that would play the fights. And, and then when they mm. finally moved over to Spike as well and I could watch it on a regular basis, um, it just became the, the, the fighters I knew. Um, I remember when uh, a handful of fighters have been kind of handpicked from uh, Bellator to UFC. And mm-hmm. it's just been what I've kind of followed ever since. I like the matchups a lot. Uh, there's usually a lot of action. Um, you know, I know some people talk about the caliber 
uh, of the competition. But uh, frankly, I think it's just it's more fun uh, just to watch it. I mean, some of the personalities they let be personalities are always fun to watch on Bellator. So who would you say are your favorite personalities? You're right. Uh, That's one thing that Bellator kind of – well, not kind of, but one thing that Bellator is able to do that the UFC is not because of the um, the uniform program. The fighters are able to be individuals and really able to to do some things that you don't see in other uh, in many other organizations. You saw some of those things kind of in Pride back in the day, and yeah. kind of like Elite XC and some places like that, but. Who would you say your favorite characters are? Uh, I mean, it, it, whether you love him or hate him, I mean, Shell Zonin is always interesting. Um, yeah. I can't always say he's fun. Sometimes he annoys me. Um, but he's always a, a, an interesting character. Um, he kind of just brings his own thing. And, and uh, part of the reason I think that he ended up coming over here is they were willing to embrace that. Um, I'm a big uh, Dave Rickles fan. Yeah, um, when, when I, I think I just of, love the walkouts and stuff. I mean, yeah, he's his one of my walkouts favorite. are epic. And <laughs> when you talked about uh, personality and, and individuality, he's who just popped to the forefront of my mind. Uh, is he on this the uh, the one ninety nine card? No, no, no. He's gonna be on two hundred. No. He's gonna be on two hundred, and he's fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, fighting. Uh, uh, Michael Page, I believe. Yeah, MVP. Yeah, yeah. Fighting Which MVP. I'm very excited about. Not to get too far ahead, but I'm very excited because I've been I've been waiting for uh, Bellator to to give MVP a a little bit of a challenge. I've been very excited to see how he how he stands up. Is he is he legit, <laughs> or is he just picking on you know the small fish? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I don't about know that how fight. much of a challenge Rickles is though. Uh, he's a grizzled vet, absolutely, but he normally fights at 155. I'm sure this would be contested at 170, so MVP would have the advantage as far as weight is concerned. Um, and Rickles is getting knocked out at 155, <laughs> and we know uh, MVP's striking pedigree. This I mean, is it's, it's a good true. name, just... yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's definitely a, a stepping stone, and, and uh, I, I like Rickles' tenacity. And if, if he can keep from getting knocked out early, I think he'll put the same pressure that Gonzalez put on MVP. But he's typically more aggressive, and uh, I think if that would have been a five-round five fight, the Gonzalez Page, uh, what a couple year, last year, two years ago, maybe. Um, yeah, it, was it, was, it would have been different. He didn't fight Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking know. forward to it. I know it's getting getting a little far ahead, but yeah, that's one fight I'm already super stoked for, and I hope that nobody kind of gets messed up and that card doesn't get, or that fight in particular doesn't get scrapped or yeah, similar. Yeah, and that that's what I was sharing with you earlier about how I approach things. Well, speaking of approach, why don't we first start off with the most recent Bellator card? which is in the books, and then we'll touch a little bit on 199. I don't go in-depth too much as far as cards are concerned. Two weeks out, because, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's just too much that can happen. Botched weight cuts, 
people getting injured. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. Key example is UFC 223. You had the main event switched twice within six days. Uh, No, three times within six days. Three times, yeah. Yeah, well, no, no twice. I take that back. Actually, it probably was more than that with all the wrangling that they did with a number of the other fighters trying to fill that spot. But anyway, uh, we're not talking about them. We're just talking about the craziness of things and why I don't really go in-depth into fights because you do all that research and find out all that about this wonderful fight and you get all excited about a matchup and then (laughs) the matchup doesn't happen. That happened on this Bellator card uh, for me, though. So uh, let's talk a bit about 198. Four of the five fights ended in the first round. Oh, my goodness. No kidding. It was one of the best nights Bellator's had in a while. Felt like the good old days I was talking about with Toby Amada and the reverse triangles. I'm like, yeah, it was, it was absolutely excellent. What did you think about the main event? <clears throat> the main event actually, um, I don't want to say it surprised me because any time that Fedor knocks somebody out and is a heavyweight, it's not really a surprise. Um, but I, I honestly, and, and I'll sit right here and admit it, I thought that Frank Mir would, would last the first round, and I figured he might get Fader to the ground and possibly submit him. I really mm. did, um, which I never should have, have doubted him. But I did. Well, and, um, I mean, I you, think I actually I, put it on Facebook or Twitter that I thought that Mir would win second round submission. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that you would be, um, that your thoughts were, out of order, everything that I saw had mere favorite to win the fight. I never thought that it would go the way that it did. I mean, granted, Fedor is a heavyweight. He's been fighting at heavyweight his entire career, but I don't know if you've ever had a chance to see Fedor, but he's not that big. He mm-hmm. really isn't that, that big of a guy. I remember the first time seeing him, uh, it was at a uh, fighter meet and greet, the first time the Bellator had come to town. And I remember as we got closer, you know, you could see the different fighters and everything. It was like, oh, okay, well, there's Tito over there, and there's Big John. And we're like, who is this guy in this blue shirt? This regular-looking guy. And we kept getting closer. It was like, oh, that's Fedor. Can you believe that's Fedor? I mean, he just, he's looking at him. He's very unassuming. He just looks like some regular guy who works out a, a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's definitely a smaller heavyweight. So knowing that, I mean, granted, you know, he's fought quite a bit, uh, but I expected Mir because he had such the advantage with weight, and uh, though he's a phenomenal Sambo practitioner, I mean, Mir's ground game is, yeah, one of the best, if not the best, in the heavyweight division. Only person I can think of at heavyweight whose ground game is more feared or equally as revered would be uh, Fabricio Verdun. Uh, Outside of those two, you know, I I really can't think of anyone else whose ground game, you know, people are like, you don't want to go to the ground with this heavyweight. Um, 
So I, I, I'm with you, and that's how I thought the fight would go, even though Mir had been out so long. He admitted it, though, on his podcast that part of why he – or a great part of why he lost was that he got embarrassed when Fedor hit that trip uh, on him. Bro? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and okay, he, he hit That's what it looked like to me, too. Yeah, he, he hit his back, popped right back up, you know, so no harm, no foul, but it embarrassed him, and he said he went from professional fighter to a street fighter and just, you know, I'm, I'm going to get him, and I'm throwing with, with everything I've gotten him. You know, he let his emotions get the best of him, and, when that happens in uh, fights, you normally wake up. That's what happens. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I, I kind of noticed that watching the fight, and uh, I, was, I was watching it um, with a buddy of mine, and he's not as big into it, but I, I had actually mentioned that. I said, man, Mir's coming in like a crazy person all of a sudden, and then he got clipped. And <laughs> that was the end of it. Yeah, that that it was. That it was. And it was so quick. I mean, 48 seconds in total, but there was so much that happened in that short period of time. Mir hurt him, then mm-hmm. Mir got slammed, then uh, Mir got knocked out. I mean, it was just, yeah, it, it was it was a lot that took place in under a minute, but man, it was phenomenal. And Mir was landing some, some shots on, on his uh, last, you know, that last 15 seconds. He was landing some, some pretty solid shots. Yeah, he just got a little too over aggressive, and um, you know Fedor made him pay for it. That he did, that he did, and it's a heavyweight fight, and that's one thing that you always have to be concerned about in a heavyweight fight is that anyone can get knocked out at any point. Uh, oh yeah, Fedor made some other news this week, though, or that week, I should say, and I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, but before the fight. He met with the FBI. Did you hear about that? I did not. Yeah, yeah. He met with the FBI. Now, watching the watching the promotions of the fight while it was going on, it talked about the fact that he is the minister of athletics in Russia, and for him to go and fight outside of Russia, he had to get Putin's uh, permission to do so. You know, so he's really connected as far as politics are concerned in Russia. But on top of that, as a uh, fighter under the affliction banner, he was linked to Michael Cohen and President Trump. So the uh, <laughs> FBI decided to talk to him while they had him in the U.S., uh, and he wasn't concerned about anything. You know, he, he's fatal. He's not concerned about anything. At least he doesn't show his concern. But, yeah, Trump was a uh, major stakeholder in affliction, and Cohen was the chief operating officer. So, yeah, it was uh, it was crazy. So, yeah, he had that oh, going I didn't on. I not that at all. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's a heck of a – of a of a lead into a fight, huh? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, gonna go fight, but I need to meet with the FBI about <laughs> yeah, uh, the yeah. president oh, wait, and I his do attorney, who's <laughs> yeah, who, who's under uh, investigation, and just had his office raided. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> MMA has always been a crazy sport, especially uh, in dealing with politics. That's for sure. 
Yeah. Well, I, well, I, know I don't know. Fedor has been the subject of some uh, controversy over in some of his fights in Russia because he's held that position for a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. And I know he's won some questionable decisions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh yeah, not you know, not taking anything away from him, but but you know, I know right. that uh, as some people have have wondered on was he thirty thirty nine and something now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, with a lot of the things in Japan, they're saying, uh, well, most people who are fighting under the Pride banner were using steroids, so you can't really yeah. fault anyone who fought in that promotion during that time because it was. Everybody was on it. Uh, so, I mean, that that's neither here nor there. But I know I saw his fight with Fabio Maldonado. Oh, my goodness. It was around noontime, my time, uh, during the day on a Friday. And I could not believe how crazy that fight was. And at the most, or just at the best, it should have been a uh, draw. and the real verdict should have been a victory for Maldonado, but they gave it to Fedor. Uh, imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> uh, but speaking of, of fighting in Russia, Frank Mir's next fight will be for ACB. Uh, he does not have a, um exclusive contract with Bellator, and he said, mm-hmm. look, I need to get another fight in, because Bellator was talking about using him in October. He's like, I need to fight before October. This is, is, I've been out too long. I'm rusty. I should not have lost my head with, you know, getting slammed, which it was nothing. You, he got slammed. He was right back up on his feet, so it really was nothing. So he'll be fighting next in ACB, and he has ties with that organization because he's a on-air personality for them, for the English broadcast. Okay, so yeah, I, I thought it was kind of familiar as you were saying it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, so that you know, yeah, too. You know, and it'll be good for it, it'll be good for Bellator um, to have a, yeah. a a more technically sound Frank Mir coming Frank in. Frank Mir, absolutely. Some big names, and especially now, even though he had uh, two years between this fight and his last fight, he's around a three fight losing streak. So he needs to have a tune up to get his mojo back and and come back to uh, to the big leagues. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, on that card, the like I said, all of the, the fights were stopped within the first round, with the exception of the fight between Neiman Gracie and uh, Javier Mendez was his name, or Martinez. I, I, it's escaping me right now. But which of those fights really stood out to you? Um, I, it, it's, it's a tough one because uh, <laughs> they were all really good fights. Um, some of them I was slightly surprised by other ones, uh, what I expected. Um, the Lovato Jr. fight, um, went, yeah. went about as I expected. Um, he's just a, he's just a freak athlete, man. He's so good and he, he can, he's just so strong on his feet. And he's just mm-hmm. amazing. Once you're on the ground, it went about how I was expecting. Um, now he's making a call for 
a title shot. Do you think he's ready for that? I mean, I understand why he wants it. I mean, because he's been dominant through his handful of fights that he's had. Um, but I don't know. I would like to see him. I think I would like to see him kind of get tested again. I want to see if he can handle deeper water, but I don't know if he needs to. He's he's just like I said. He's just one of those freak athletes that he's got. He's got the length on almost everybody he fights because he has a, a slender body type, but he's he's just solid as a rock. And again, a great striker, great kicks, and a fantastic jujitsu specialist. Um, he's kind of a he's just a, one of those anomaly type guys. So I think if he got a shot a, a title shot, I don't know if I'd be disappointed in it. I, I would watch it for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's most a, definitely. He's a guy I enjoy watching. Now, who, if he did not get a title fight, who should he fight? Because that, that's the one thing, you know, which you, you touched on a bit is the level of depth as far as uh, the roster is concerned. So I, I'm just trying to think I'm, I'm on their site now to see who's in the middleweight division. Well, you know what? I I think actually just off the top of my head, someone that it would be good for him to fight it, I think it would be a good test for him, would be someone who just recently re-signed to Bellator. I want to say this week I read, and that's Melvin Mantle. I think that would be a good test for him. Uh, Chitty and Jukawani is someone else in the middleweight division that he could fight. Hisaki Kato, yeah. okay. I, t- I talked about death, and now I'm running off <laughs> all these people. <laughs> um, even a Chris Honeycutt at 10 and, and 2 would be a good fight for him. So, yeah, there, there are definitely some fights out there if he were not to fight for the championship. And honestly, um, I think he could fight for the championship. I mean, outside he, he and Musasi, or I should say Musasi's okay. fighting for it next, um, and that's going to be on the 200 card. So, yeah, I mean, he could fight. He could fight uh, Musasi easily because out of the names that I just mentioned, yeah, I mean, everyone else either is on a losing streak or, yeah, not quite ready for prime time. So. He very well could. He very well yeah, could. That, that's the problem is looking at it. I mean, you've got some some all right names, but, you know, I know uh, – I, I actually like when you say Chris Honeycutt. Chris Honeycutt, mm-hmm. I think, would be a good um, – because that's another just big, strong wrestler type. And I'd have to go back and look at Lovato fights and see um, if he's fought anybody, you know, with the wrestling caliber of a Honeycutt. Um, right. He might not be able just to, to kind of impose his will on the ground. And Honeycutt is a dude that just he will just bowl rush you. He will take shots to to get a double hook and get you on the ground. Um, I think that would be a good one. And then Musashi, I was looking at the same one. Musashi um, would be a, a good fight. And honestly, if he wanted a title shot, um, that would be who he needs to walk through next. And and then at that point, it's it would be very hard for me to say that he he doesn't have a, a shot to go. Um, I believe Carvalho has. The championship at middleweight. Yeah, Carvalho's right? the championship, the champion. 
Musashi will be fighting him for the championship on the Bellator 200 card is that in the UK. Yeah. So they'll, they'll be fighting for the title then. Um, if he does not take on the winner, I think at the very least he should take on the loser of that fight because I know they've got designs on doing a super fight between uh, Musasi and McDonald if Musasi is to win the title. I think even if Musasi doesn't win the title, he still wants to be a two-division champion. So um, mm-hmm. I, at the very least, he should fight the loser of that fight to give himself the, the opportunity to, to fight for the title if he's not next. Absolutely. Um, I think that would be a, a very fair um, I mean, it's again. It's not like he hasn't been impressive. I mean, he's not he's not really squeaking by on some of his victories here. I mean, he's uh, right. I think he only has one decision, if he even has that. Um, the rest of them have been yeah. I, I think all early of, round TKOs uh, or submissions. Yeah, submission. The vast majority of submissions. I think he may have one decision on his record. I, I'm not remembering offhand, but I, I feel like he may have one. But it's not many. Not many at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Uh, Javier Torres, that's who Neiman Gracie faced. So we spoke about oh, yeah, him. Yeah, right, Torres. Um, uh, Emmanuel Sanchez, he's calling for a title fight after his victory mm-hmm. over Sam Cecilia. Um, he's a good company guy. I say give it to him. What do you think? Yeah, Sanchez, um, he's somebody I've watched a handful of times. Um, I, I like his energy. I really do. Um, he's he's one of the more fun fighters uh, for me watching, especially uh, with who we have now as fighting. Mm-hmm. When I saw him on the card, I was pretty excited about it. Um, and he, honestly, his his I, he had the arm triangle, if I'm not mistaken, or the head and neck uh, head and arm choke. Yeah, he had the arm triangle. Yep. Yeah, and and I mean his his setup was, I mean, it was just. It was impressive. <laughs> I mean, I was, again, just watching that fight. You know, I'm sitting there watching him work, and I'm like, oh, he's going to go for this. And then as soon as the guy, you know, he got the guy, you know, he got Cecilia to lean that direction, he switched. You know, ends up going to mm-hmm. side mount, ends up getting him full mount, slips the choke on. And I was like, man, that was so fluid. Yeah, it was. It, 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 was, was. it was impressive to watch. I mean, it's just like he set everything up slowly, 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 and then when, he, when it was time to kill, he killed. And, that he did. <laughs> One thing I know he stood out to me, title, and I think he probably will get it soon. I think he should. I mean, really, like I say, he's been a good company guy. He's fought at 155. He's fought at 145. Uh, he's fought at catchweight. Whenever they needed someone to fight, he's been there. Um, so I, I would like to see him get the next uh, the next fight. I had a chance to see him fight twice. I want to say maybe three times because. When I, here, I'm in St. Louis, and Bellator has been here now three times, and I've been each time that they've come to town. But So I, I know he was on the Dynamite, one of the Dynamite. Well, Dynamite came once, and then it was a Kimbo fight. He was on one of those two cards, mm-hmm. I believe, and then I saw him last time they fought in Chicago because I went there to see the fight since it wasn't that far away. Uh, I talked my wife into it. I was like, hey, uh, we haven't had a family vacation, and 
It's close to the baby boy's birthday, so let's go to Chicago and I'll go watch a play. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it worked out perfectly uh, for me outside of my lodging, but that's another story. Um, but, yeah, it worked out worked out well. Um, now, the Voices Marquee matchup for the main card was the debut of Dylan Dennis versus Kyle Walker. What were your thoughts about that fight? I mean, again, none of the fights were long, but what did you take in the minute and 38 seconds or so that that fight? <laughs> well, no, it went on. It, yeah, it was stopped in the minute and 38 seconds more, so about three and a half minutes that that fight took place. Uh, it... I was excited for it. Um, I know, you know, again, you had the personality, and, you know, you kind of, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the the, the Conor McGregor, uh, I think they well, trained together. <laughs> back and, and you could definitely tell. I mean, the first time I saw him, I actually told my wife, I said, I bet you that this guy hangs out with Conor McGregor, just how he stood and how, he, you know, he had the big giant glasses on and the kind of crazy outfit on. <laughs> I said, mm-hmm. Something tells me that this guy probably trains with McGregor and uh sure yeah. enough you know that's that's that was the, kind of one of the big headlines and um I'll be honest he, he I mean it was I'm not 100% sure on Kyle Walker's um I wasn't as familiar with him um kind of going into it but the way Danis kind of came out and was just again just super ultra aggressive um, kind of backed up everything he said. You know, I'm going to go for him nonstop. I'm going to get him on the ground. Um, I mean, it, it was pretty impressive. I think he got him with a toe hook, too. Yeah, toe hold. He um, uh, caught him with a toe, toe hold. And... Which, uh, yeah, I'll I, be honest, I, was, I wasn't oh, sure yeah. if he was going to get it because it looked like he was going for a knee bar for a minute. And um, You know, it, it kind of looked like a knee it. bar, but uh, it was – it was ruled as a toe hole, but it, it really did look like a knee bar. Um, either way it goes, he was able to to complete it, which is, you know, good for him. Kyle Walker, yeah. I did research on things before the fight happened. He fought locally here in the St. Louis area a couple of times with Shamrock, which kind of serves as the LFA for – I was getting ready to say strike force. Uh, Bellator. Um he and he had a mixed record. I mean he he was two and three at the time of going into the fight, two and four now, obviously. Um from southern Illinois, so not too far from, from where I am. But yeah, he, he was in there to lose. What was very telling to me about the fight was how easily Dennis was getting hit. And he was really getting caught, and it made me think about when Aaron Pico made his debut against the mm-hmm. altar boy, uh, Zach Freeman. I was like, oh, what? someone else with ties to the St. Louis area. I was like, ah, oh, this might not be good. This might not <laughs> be good. Because he was just getting tagged so cleanly. I was like, how long is he going to be able to take these blows? But uh, his chin held up for that time frame. Uh, I wonder how things would be if he were in there with someone who, you know, had more power, whether or not he'd be able to withstand those strikes. Because, again, he was getting caught very cleanly. But 
to withstand them, keep coming forward as if nothing really fazed him, and pull off the victory. You know, it says a lot about him and his character. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he might, you know, hopefully he'll go home and, and now that he's got – I'm I'm sure a lot of his jitters, you know, he talked a big game and he had to back it up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it might have just been I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him on the ground where I'm comfortable. He ate the shots and – uh, hopefully, hopefully he goes home and he works on that and he works on his, uh, you know, trying to shoot, try not to eat as many shots and uh, right. we'll have another uh, exciting fighter um, kind of coming up in this welterweight class. And I tell you what, uh, probably, or well, not probably, nearly every time he fights, it will more than likely be the voices marquee matchup just because of uh, the hype and the, the drama that comes with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you get to see any of the undercard fights? I did not, unfortunately. I um, I actually missed the and fight. You say you I was about an hour and a half behind by the time I got home. We were doing something. I don't remember what the heck we were doing. But I, I was about an hour and a half behind, so I jumped right in, uh, right into the fight and started watching the, the main cards here. The yeah, I... When I was doing research for the card, normally I pick a marquee matchup for the undercard too, but I did not this time. There was no one really of note fighting, no one that was worth saying, okay, let me take out some time to make sure that I'm sitting down when this fight goes on or at least let me find out what happened with the fight. I did get a chance to see them, and two fighters specifically stood out, so I want to give them a shout-out. Adil Benjelani and Sultan Umar. If you go on the Bellator app, and this is for everyone, those fights are available on the app, which is something I love about Bellator. They do a very good job of getting those fights available for you to see soon after they take place. But uh, both yeah. of those fights are there. Uh, they both went to the to a decision, but they were very, very dominant in their fights, and definitely people to keep your eye on going forward. All right, since we're going forward, let's talk about the lineup for Bellator 199, which will be taking place (laughs) next Saturday. Not only will it be taking place on Saturday, it's going head-to-head with UFC 224. This is the second time this year that Bellator is going head-to-head with the UFC event. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm uh, going to Ballpark Village to watch the fights, as I normally do. Salute to Ballpark Village and uh, lovely downtown St. Louis. Um, but I will be rocking my Bellator shirt at the fight. I'll, I'll be there for the pay-per-view, but I'll be rocking my Bellator <laughs> shirt. Um, and I got good reason to do so. Main event is... Ryan Bader, Ryan Darth Bader, the light heavyweight champion fighting in the uh, Grand Prix for Bellator against another fighter who has held titles at light heavyweight but has fought at heavyweight before. I don't think Bader's ever fought at heavyweight, but I know my man. Huh? I don't think he has either. Yeah, I, I don't think so. But I know my man, Nigel Stand Up. King Mo Wall has fought at heavyweight before and won 
tournaments of this nature in rising. Uh, I am, uh, my father, like I was telling you before, my father's from Nigeria. I do my best to be unbiased when it comes to my coverage, which is the reason why I don't even really pick fights. I just kind of state where people have the advantage as far as the fight is concerned. But uh, when it comes to my Nigerian uh, fighters, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little less, uh, or, or let me say, showing uh, unbiased nature is a bit more difficult. And Mo's my boy. I got a chance <laughs> to meet him here in St. Louis. Uh, you know, that, that's my dude. So um, obviously that, that's where my loyalty lies. But uh, loyalties mean nothing. When the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and it's time to rock. So, uh, mm-hmm. but that that is the main event, and it's the last fight in the Bellator um, World Grand Prix opening round. Uh, what do you think about this fight? I think this is. <clears throat> I was. I was looking forward to the Mitrion Nelson and mm-hmm. this one in particular in the, I guess it would be the quarterfinals or something now. Yeah. On the first round here. These are the two fights I was most interested in. Um, probably this one edging it out over overall because you had two guys um, that typically don't fight in this weight class. Again, I don't think Ryan Bader has ever, and I think King Mo, I want to say he's either undefeated at heavyweight or he's, he's very uh, – I, I, I wish. No, he, he lost to Crow Cop in Rising okay. in 2016, I want to say. But this okay. was Crow Cop's first fight after retiring from the UFC that all of a sudden – Within a couple months, he pops up in Rising, and we know why he retired from the UFC. And you happen to be fighting in Japan, which stated before mm-hmm. under the Pride uh, guidelines, and this is run by the same guy who ran Pride. So drug testing is not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, he he lost, but we know what was going on. Yeah. We, we know what was going on. So yeah, but unfortunately, he has lost. But most of his fights, as of late have been at heavyweight. Uh, when he fought Rampage in Chicago, that mm-hmm. was a heavyweight fight. Um, his fight against Crocott was a heavyweight. And, yeah, I mean, outside of his fight against Phil Davis, I think that was the last fight he had at light heavyweight. So, yeah, no, that, been, this yeah. is, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. At the SAP Center in San Jose, the unofficial home of Bellator. Um, you also have John Fitch fighting Paul Daly, Chet Congo taking on Javier Ayala, Aaron Pico taking on Lee Morrison, and Carrington Banks facing Adam Piccolotti. Of those fights, which one are you looking forward to most? Uh, what I'm looking forward to most, uh, you know, outside of the Bader King Mo, uh, is Paul Daly, John Fitch. I believe this is his yeah. first fight. Uh, yeah, in, it's his uh, first fight in Bellator. Uh, and yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is why they brought him over. I mean, <laughs> I am very excited to see that fight um, more than anything. I mean, I'm, I'm always excited to watch Paul Daly fight um, just because the dude's electric, um, just the power that he 
has. I mean, um, is always is always fun to watch. But now to to see him matched up against John Fitch, who I've watched in you know uh, uh, multiple promotions, UFC, mm-hmm. um, most recent I believe, and and that is my favorite fight outside of the of the uh, the uh, Grand Prix fight. You know, I kind of I almost take that as its own thing. I mean. Like it's mm-hmm. its own. <laughs> like, yeah, like, the like they said, that's up, almost yeah. always going to be the fight that I choose is the best fight for that night. Um, right. But taking that one away, um, I, I I am interested in watching the Aaron Pico, um, see him fight again. Uh, Chet Congo is another guy that I've been watching for just so long. Um, he's just a guy I just end up cheering for, regardless of who the opponent is. It's just because he, he's just someone I've watched for so long. Yeah, uh, but I would have to say for sure the Paul Daly John Fitch is the one I'm I'm super excited for. Yeah, when they made that fight, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I was a bit um, taken aback by it too, though, because the next weekend or at least the next card is Bellator 200 in the UK, and at that point. MVP did not have a matchup, and they've been drawing back and forth for what feels like years now. Like, well, why wouldn't you fight MVP in the UK? You know, why are you fighting John Fitch? But MVP has come out a number of times and said that he has been pushing for the fight. He's asked for the fight. I think he's even signed to fight Paul Daly, but Daly just won't do it. Yeah, so, I mean that that's uh, puzzling, especially seeing as um, discontent Daily is with Bellator at this point. He feels like he's been sitting on the shelf too long. Well, why not fight the fight that's going to make you know the most sense and the fight that is that everyone wants to see a fight that you oh, pick after losing, run out the cage and go get in his face after getting destroyed by. Uh, by Rory McDonald, then you jump all in his face, but then you don't want to fight him, or you won't sign him mm-hmm. line, without a line to fight him. Come on, man. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one, too. I'm going to reserve my matchup or what the Voices Marquee matchup for the main card until next week because, again, uh, things change. My marquee matchup, had it stayed intact, was the Lovato fight. Uh, when he was fighting uh, John Salter. Yeah, Salter was on the seven-fight win streak. Uh, Lovato was undefeated at 7-0. and It just looked yeah. like it had all the makings of an absolutely phenomenal fight, and uh, Salter could not fight. So, yeah, I'll, I'll wait till next week. So you have to tune in to the MMA main card to find out the forces marquee matchup for the main card and the undercard um, for that fight. Undercard's got some names out there, though. You got Gaston Polanos, Amber Librock, Adam Antolin. So we have to see how everything shakes out as far as things are concerned. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight. Well, man, Josh, it has been my pleasure to speak with you. Do you have anything that you want to leave with uh, the fight fans as we bring this to a close. Uh, if I can leave anything, it's, I saw that you posted, uh, I've seen that you guys have posted on Twitter a handful of times about Bellator and MMA. I would love to see 
more people kick into those, some some answers, some discussion points. Um, I mean, just listen in, watch the fights, and, and kind of talk about it. I would love to see this promotion get the uh, recognition it deserves. I mean, I think it's better for the entire sport. I think it's better for the community when you have these two that are going head-to-head and it's just going to make competition better. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of kind of choosing one side and bashing the other, um, you know, why not shoot, you know, give these a try, check them out. They're great fights uh, for Bellator, great fights for UFC. I would just love to see uh, some more uh, talk about it. Really, if I can, that's about it, you know. I'd love to see that make the sport better as a whole. Hey, well, well Josh, I couldn't agree with you more and – Anytime you want to talk more Bellator, you just let me know. As a matter of fact, like I said, the, uh, depending on how things work out, this is going to be an open invitation where the door is definitely always open to you to talk Bellator or any promotion. I know that PFL is going to be starting up in about a month. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. I didn't realize we were that close to that. The Contender Series will be kicking off around that time, too. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so anytime you want to talk fights, the door is open, um, especially about Bellator. Because that's, like I said, that's my uh, my preferred promotion. It, it just is. It always has been because of the things you say, the excitement and, and things of that nature. And I love the access that they provide to the fighters as well. All right, sir. Well, and one thing that I'll say is next time we talk about Bellator, some of the conversations that we had online today on Twitter, want to bring online on the phone, uh, or I should say in an interview format, so that we can cover them too. So wrap your head around that, and we'll uh, we'll touch base again. All right, man. I appreciate the opportunity. This was a great fun. Hey, my pleasure. And to all you fight fans, this has been. MMA Perspective with your man, The Voice, Star Sports MMA Correspondent, and we're sounding off. To keep up with Trackstar Sports, like the Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, New content gets released every day except for Sunday on Anchor.fm. For all the Android users out there, make sure that you subscribe to us through Podcast Republic. For those using iOS, you can do so on Apple Podcast. Make sure that you join the Debate Fuel Facebook group to talk to your favorite correspondents about sports every single day. Debate Fuel is our flagship show. So for Trackstar Sports, it's our equivalent of Sports Center. You get insightful information about sports and a lot of humor. It's broadcast live on Periscope at 10 a.m. Eastern on Saturday mornings. And replays can be seen there as well as wherever you listen to Trackstar Sports. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, bringing you the main card. 
and I'm sounding off.